0: We consider some thoughts on Romans chapter 12. We learned uh, there in Romans chapter 12 some things last week about how to love the brethren. And uh, we find, again, it tells us there's this need for this brotherly love uh, to be there between the uh, brethren. And uh, we'll pick up there in verse number nine, just looking at this just a little bit before we get into the next message here. It says, let love be without dissimulation. Romans 12, verse 9. Let love be without dissimulation, abhor that which is evil, and cleave to that which is good. Be kindly, affection one to another, with brotherly love and honor, preferring one another. Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer, distributing to the necessity of the saints, given to hospitality. And the Bible tells us to, again, as especially here, verse number uh, 10, it says, Be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love. And so there should be a love between the brethren that's different than it's uh, maybe with the world. And we looked at, again, the three uh, different people groups that Paul addresses in this cha- chapter. The brotherly relationship. Uh, the neighborly relationship, and then also the enemy and stranger relationships he addresses here in the last part of the chapter. And uh, we looked at, again, love from a brethren uh, side would be, again, loving in a way that's open and honest, respectful, patient, prayerful, and sharing the burdens of others that are brethren. And certainly these are uh, things that we should strive to do. And so, again, encourage you to strive to do those uh, regularly. Uh, with others that are believers. But let's read here uh, the last part of the chapter. I'm just going to read verse 14, and then we'll skip down to verse number 17 as we speak here tonight on how we should deal with others publicly. How should we deal with other people publicly? Uh, Romans chapter 12, verse number 14, it says, Bless them that persecute you. Bless and curse not. Skip to verse 17. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Providing things honest in the sight of all men, if it be possible, as much as lieth within you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thy enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. So in doing so, thou wilt heap coals of fire upon his head. Be not overcome of evil but overcome evil with good. Let's go ahead and look at tonight this thought, uh, how Christians should get along publicly. Let's pray as we consider this thought. Father, thank you, Lord, uh, for tonight. Thank you again for this chance we can meet again. I do ask that you would help us to understand how we should deal with uh, both uh, strangers and neighbors and uh, enemies in a public form. Help us to see some truths that could be a help to us here tonight. We pray this in Jesus' name. Men. Everybody has to deal with the public. Even when you're young, you normally have to deal somewhere with the public. And uh, certainly, again, dealing with the public, uh, there's right ways of dealing with the public and wrong ways of dealing with the public in general. If you do something wrong, you might end up in the principal's office. Uh, I remember, again, uh, leaving uh, Herman, Minnesota, going to Brandon, South Dakota, and I was in a brand new school there in Brandon, South Dakota. And I was a young kid, but a bigger kid, bigger than a lot of the other kids. And there was a kid in the playground, and he was uh, someone who could kick, you know, someone who could kick and kick high and that sort of thing. So he he thought it was cool just to go around and kick people. Well, I was branded to school and that sort of thing. And my kids have probably heard this story. Maybe they haven't. But anyways, he was kicking some people someday. And I, I said to him, a bunch of these other boys, let's go beat them up together. Oh, sounds like a great plan, doesn't it? Let's just go beat this kid up together. He deserves to have a lesson given to him. So anyways, I tell him, you know, hey, let's go up. I know the guy's name even today. Let's go beat him up together. Let's go beat up this kid. And you know what happened? All the kids just ran away. And here I'm faced with this kid. And we're tough kids, so we're going to fight together. I'm new. He's been there for a while he's been the tough kid you know around the playground etc and whatever so we fight together a little bit but I get pulled and end up in the principal's office and you know my mom she wasn't too happy to hear from that but long story short uh sometimes publicly uh maybe you're trying to do something right and it backfires it doesn't go all right and so I know in that situation my goal was not you know I don't go around beating up kids just to beat up a kid and neither do most people beat up kids just to beat up kids. But you sometimes have a bully who wants to beat up kids and he thinks it's just fun to do. And so he would just come to people and he'd kick them. He'd just kick them. He could kick really high. He could kick them right in the head. You know how people could, they could kind of do a kick like that, a round kick? He could do that. And so I, you know, deal with this kid. Anyways, uh, how to deal with the public? You're going to have to deal with the public your whole life. And certainly not in situations like that necessarily, but Uh, Again, each one of us deals with the public uh, now and then or certainly on a more regular basis as we become adults. And so how should we deal with public relations? Uh, Again, I think there's some good information given to us here by the word of God and by the truths of God. And so I want to consider here some points on that here tonight and and getting them from uh, Paul, but also the scriptures. I want to point out first of all here tonight, we should forbear... Public and private retaliation. Public or private retaliation. Verse number 14, the Bible says, Bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. Verse 17, recompense to no man evil for evil. You know, I might have thought it was doing a good thing. You know, let's just go beat up this guy. Together, let's do the right thing. He deserves a lesson, whatever. Whatever. But that wasn't really the right thing to do as far as a Christians to do. Uh, we don't recompense evil for evil. You see in the Bible, as far as Paul's concerned, he was a preacher. And he was beaten. He was bullied. And he, as far as I can see, he really never really retaliated in an evil way publicly. I want you to turn, if you would, to Acts chapter 14. Uh, I want to just look at two incidents that took place in the book of Acts. Again, here, we're going to look at some other thoughts uh, from this chapter. So we're not, but we want to start out with retaliation. Um, Acts chapter 14, if you pick up there with me in verse number 19, uh, Paul faced evil from the Jews. And he certainly probably could have done something here about it. But it doesn't seem like he does a thing about it. In fact, He nearly gets stoned to death by the Jews. Acts chapter 14, verse 19, it says, And there came thither certain Jews from Antioch and Iconium, who persuaded the people, and having stoned Paul, drew him out of the city, supposing he was dead. Howbeit, as the disciples stood round about him, he rose up and came into the city, and the next day he departed with Barnabas to Derbe. And so you see Paul he gets beat up to the place that he's almost stoned to death. And do you see him the next day say, hey, brothers, let's get together and beat up the Jews. Let's do this and that. No, he just leaves this situation behind. He didn't get the believers together and say, you know, hey, let's beat up the Jews. That's not said here in the scripture. And I'm certain it didn't happen. Paul for boot, uh, Bared, that's a big word, forbear when it comes to retaliation at Lystra. You might have had a case against the Jews. He might have wanted to retaliate against what the Jews had did. They never nearly killed him. And let's imagine what happened to you if someone nearly killed you. Would you retaliate? Would you look for a way, maybe to do something to them? Paul didn't. Acts chapter 16, I want to look at another scenario there in the Bible where he had the opportunity to return evil for evil. He certainly did, and, and many maybe could or would in situations return evil for evil. Paul here, again, was served out evil by the Jews, yet he sought to win the Jews and seek to win the Gentiles. And what about uh, about his business, despite what happened to him at Lystra, nearly stoned to death? Acts chapter 16, verse number uh, 19. Acts 16, verse 19, it says, And when her magistrates saw that their hope of gains was gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into a marketplace unto the rulers and besought them to the magistrates, saying, These men, being Jews, do exceed trouble our city, And teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe, being Romans. And the multitude rode us together against them, and the magistrate rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. When they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who, having received such a charge, thrust them into prison, and made their feet fast in the stocks, and at midnight, Paul and Silas praised and sang God, uh, saying praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. Paul again faced with evil, another place, Philippi. Here again, he's publicly hurt or beaten, put in jail. And uh, again, as a result of that, you see again the jail again saved, which is a great thing. I just want to say this, if something happens to you or I publicly, we should take that time and opportunity to still reach out to those around us. Being terribly mistreated, being thrown in prison, being beaten for something he didn't deserve, neither did Silas deserve. There was no retaliation here. But I do want to point out what did happen here because not exactly the same thing happened here as happened back at Lystra. In verse number 35, I want to read on here. Again, I think this can teach us a little bit about how to deal with the public at times. In verse 35, it says that when it was day, the magistrate sent the sergeant, saying, Let those men go. And the keeper of the prison told this saying to Paul and the magistrate having sent to let him go, now therefore repart, uh, depart and go in peace. But Paul said unto them, They have beaten us openly, uncondemned, being Romans, they have cast us into prison, and uh, now they will thrust us out privately, nay, barely, let them come themselves and fetch us. And the sergeants told these words to the magistrates, and they feared when they heard they were Romans. And they came and besought them and brought them out and desired them to depart out of the city. And they went out of the prison and entered into the house of Lydia. And when they had seen the brethren, they comforted them and departed. Here we see another case of evil sent against Paul. Evil at Philippi. Here he's beaten, but here he speaks out a bit about what happened to him publicly. And I believe it's good sometimes to be vocal in such a setting. Sometimes it's right to publicly speak out concerning injustice that's done. Paul here doesn't say, yes, sir, they said we can go, we're going to go. He wanted them to come to him so that they could see they had wronged him and they had wronged Silas. Both of them Romans. In verse 37, we're being Romans. We were openly, uncondemned, beaten. That's wrong. Did he sue them as some would today? Did he seek compensation for his evil? Did he speak evil against them? Not really. just told them, hey, you guys had done wrong. You guys can come. These magistrates can come and let us go and we'll leave. And they didn't leave exactly maybe as they wanted them to leave it it mentions there and i'm not saying this for sure but they, they in verse 39 it says and they came and besought them and brought them out and desired them to depart out of the city and they did leave the city but not after not until sorry until they had visited lydia and the brethren those who had been saved by grace and they comforted them lydia and those that were saved there and uh possible that Luke stayed behind there, some believe he may well have. But again, the, the, the desire to retaliate is in each one of us, and if you turn back to our text there, in uh, Romans chapter 11, it's hard sometimes to practice uh, this thing of recompense to no man evil for evil. it's easy to say, don't recompense evil for evil, but it's hard sometimes not to want to retaliate with evil, for evil. Again, there are incidents that come upon you and me that you'd want to retaliate. I've noticed, again, over the years, sometimes neighbors don't treat neighbors that nice. They just don't. If you've always had good neighbors, bless God, you've always had good neighbors. But not all neighbors treat neighbors right, and so... Sometimes a neighbor will get into a fight with another neighbor, and and what should you do in that situation? You should back down. You should not retaliate with evil. Paul never sought compensation. Paul never sought to sue. He He did indeed correct the authorities. And I believe even today that it's okay to correct the authorities. You guys did wrong. We're Romans. We never were tried justly. And so you have those magistrates take us and escort us out. But is retaliation ever right? One could argue that, indeed, retaliation has been right and could be right. Let's turn to Exodus chapter 21. If you look at your Old Testament, you would find it seems that retaliation... Uh, by people towards other people, sometimes seemed, uh right or at least okay. I'm not saying it's good. I don't know if you could classify it as good. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not going to try to uh, mince terms or whatever you want to uh, say with that. But Exodus chapter 21 and uh, verse number 22, the Bible says, if Men strive and hurt a woman with child so that, Her fruit depart from her, and yet no mischief follow, he shall surely be punished. According to the woman's husband will lay on him, and he will pay as the judge determines. And if mischief follow, then there should be life for life, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, a hand for a hand, a foot for a foot. Uh, Certainly, again, appears in the Old Testament that if someone did something very evil and wrong, like here in the case of a woman maybe come along and beating that woman to a place that uh, they would lose their baby. It could be an eye for an eye, a life for a life. Be, a, again, a recommended by the judges and those sorts of things. But this could indeed happen. If you turn back to Judges here, uh, chapter 15, I guess it's forward here. We're actually in the Old Testament. So Judges chapter Uh, 15 here, verse number 1 through verse number 8, retaliation is natural. There's a natural, I believe, inclination in each one of us to retaliate, uh, to want to get back, to want to get even. If somebody maybe seeks to publicly shame us, we'll seek to maybe seek to shame them back. Somebody curses us, we would like to maybe hurt them back, maybe not with cursing. But we see again in the Bible that sometimes you see people do seek vengeance and do find revenge. I want to just look at this case of Samson here in Judges chapter 15 because I think it's a good one maybe to look at a little bit because I believe this situation certainly would maybe merit what happened here to some degree. Not maybe in the measure, but uh, in the in uh, somebody got hurt. Uh, we see Samson retaliate here. Uh, Judges chapter 15, verse 1, it says, And came to pass within, within a while after that, in the time of wheat harvest, that Samson visited his wife with a kid, and he said, I will go to my wife into her chamber, but her father would not suffer him to go in. And her father said unto her, Verily, I thought that thou hadst utterly hated her, therefore I gave her to thy companion, Is not her younger sister fairer than she? Take her, I pray thee, instead of her. And Samson said uh, concerning them, Now I shall be more blameless than the Philistines, though I do them a displeasure. And Samson went and caught 300 foxes and took firebrands and turned the tail to tail and put the firebrands in the midst between the two tails. And when he had set the brands on fire, he let them go into the standing fields of the Philistines and burnt up both the shocks and also the standing corn with the vineyards and the olives. And when Philistines who had done this and they answered Samson, the the son-in-law of the Timnite, because he had taken his wife and given her to his companions. And the Philistines came upon and burnt her and her father with fire. Samson said unto them, Though I have done this, yet I will be avenged of you. After that I will cease. And he smote them hip and thigh with the great slaughter. He went down and dwelt in the top of the rock of Etom. And this is certainly an unusual case, but you see again, Samson was hurt with some evil, and uh lost his wife, he lost his father-in-law, and uh, he burnt some fields. And as a result of burning the fields, they didn't like what he had done, and so they wanted to hurt him and retaliate against him. Uh, but again, you see there in the Bible, he seeks vengeance. He says in verse number 7, Yet will I be avenged of you, and after that I'll cease. And so he, he smites some of them, which means to kill them, hip and and died with a great slaughter, and he went down and dwelt in the top of the rock, Etamum. Now, we see retaliation. We see Samson avenge himself of the death of his wife and that sort of thing. And also we see him upset over losing his wife temporarily and then losing her in the end. But someone might say, well, was this okay for him or not okay for him to do? Well, I think And again, I think, according to law, this would be okay, maybe, for him to do, in a sense. More than one reason for that, because he was, again, to be a deliverer of Israel from the Philistines, but also he was seeking to avenge himself of what had been wronged there. All right, let's turn to Matthew chapter 5, but what does the New Testament teach us? I I believe in the New Testament the New Testament age, if you would, are... Our time today, uh, vengeance is not something we should seek. Definitely not something that you would seek uh, regularly, if at all. Uh, In fact, look at here in Matthew chapter 5, the words of the Lord Jesus concerning retaliation or uh, getting back for evil done to you. It says here in Matthew chapter 5, verse number 48, uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse number 38, it says, You have heard that it been said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, but I say unto you that ye shall resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. So here it's like you should even allow for more retaliation, more persecution. And again, I'm not saying, again, you should just be someone who just lays down, so to speak, when it comes to retaliation, but I believe you should... Definitely not be someone who fights back. You don't see Paul fight back. He could have fought back, I believe, and certainly the others could have fought back if they wanted to. But retaliation, again, is not something that we should be seeking after. I want to turn to another text, if you would, Luke chapter 9. I just want to show you again that Jesus taught to avoid retaliation. You know, there are people today that hate the truth, and we might call them truth haters, or we might call them something. I don't know what you'd call them for sure, but maybe you call them truth haters. They hate the truth. They don't like the truth. And uh, so, what should we do with someone who doesn't like what the Bible says, or who doesn't like what Jesus says? Uh, Luke chapter nine, verse number fifty-one. It says, "And it came to pass, when the time was come that he should have received him up, uh, he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem, and sent messengers before his face." And they went and entered into the villages of the Samaritans to make ready for him. And they did not receive him because his face was set with them to go to Jerusalem. And when his disciples, James and Josh, saw this, they said, Lord, will you uh, command us to uh, for fire to come down from heaven and consume them, even as Elias did? But he turned and rebuked them and said you know not what manner of spirit you are for the son of man has not come to destroy lies, but to save them and they went to another village you know some people did not want to listen to what jesus was saying and so the disciples said hey let's just call some fire down on these guys they're not they're not being positive not they're not liking what you're doing jesus let's it says, Call fire down like Elias did. Well, certainly a different situation there as far as Elijah is concerned. But you see here, disciples want to hurt. They want to retaliate. They want to use evil against men. He says, No, it's, we're not there to destroy lies, but to save them. And that's key to retaliation. Someone, again, might seek to hurt us. What should we seek to do? We should seek to. Help them, not harm them. Evil is to seek to do harm to someone. Uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 21. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. The Lord will recompense, again, the evil for those that do evil. So, uh, we ought not to seek to slander, to hurt, to destroy, to cancel, to boycott, whatever it might be, a neighbor, a stranger, an enemy in some way to do evil to them, evil to them. Well, if your neighbor throws trash on your property, what do you do with it? I'd deliver it back with some extra. <laughs> That's probably what you want to do, right? I probably want to, you know, hey, throw, they threw trash on my property, and I'm just going to throw some trash back on their property, plus a little extra so they get used to this. Uh, Again, that's what we want to do in our flesh. That's probably what we want to do, but that's not what to do. What if someone trashed you publicly? What would you do with them? Return trash to them? Sure, plus more. No, that's not how Christians ought to behave. That's how the world might behave, and that's how others publicly might behave, but that's not how we should behave. And so uh, forbear public retaliation or private retaliation. Number two, I want to move on again. I spent a lot of time on that thought. And again, this is, again, not maybe, I'm not saying it's not important, but one that's taught on often. Uh, Romans chapter 12, verse number 17, as far as how to deal with the public, forbear publicly. Let me say this. Secondly, always seek to be honest publicly and privately. Romans chapter 12, verse number 17, it says, "Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things that are honest in the sight of all men. Well, I'm honest around so-and-so. You should be honest all the time. Now, let me be honest here. Let me be straightforward here. Let me be clear here. Let me be concise here. We should always seek to be honest. Be, provide things honest in the sight of all men. Be transparent. Avoid being fake. Avoid play acting. Be honest in business. Be honest in private. Don't be dishonest. We see this thought even repeated here in uh, chapter 13, verse number 13. Let us walk honestly. Let us walk honestly. In all relationships, certainly in both public and private relationships with all people, we should seek to be honest with them. If you're going into a serious relationship, be real, be true, be you. That would be some good advice, I think. And again, it's not because... I offer it as something original, but be real, be true, be you. I've seen relationships where someone came in as a fake, a real fake. I remember years and years ago, (laughs) a fake situation took place, and it didn't last. A gal was totally tricked, I believe, by a guy. It could be the other way around. But they enter this relationship in a dishonest fashion and it led towards a crash. That's all I can say about it in general. If you're going to get involved in a serious relationship, be real, be true, be you. That way when you get married, you're not saying, oh, I didn't think this person was like this at all. Boy, you're different. I wish you all be the same. Romans 12, verse number 18. Romans 12, verse number 18. Let me say this thirdly. Being with the public, let me say this, Uh, seek ever to be at peace as much as possible with other men. Again, this is just some good thoughts here from the Word of God. Verse number 18 it says, If it be possible, as much as lieth within you, live peaceably with all men. Live peaceably with all men. That's every man, it's every person alive. You know, one of the strangest things I see with the Russia-Ukrainian conflict is there's not this pressure to get to peace talks. Oh, send some more jets over there so maybe the Ukrainians can beat them up and they can beat up each other. I just, To me, I don't quite understand what's going on there. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Where's the peace talks? Where's the peace partners? I mean, you've heard of some of them. I, I know you have. You know, they've gone to this place, they've gone to that place, and they talked with this person, talked with that person. But again, we should be striving, I believe, as Christians to seek peace more than anything else. If it be possible, as much as life within you, live peace you'll be with all men. There's certainly going to be differences in how peaceful you can be with other men. You can't have peace when two parties don't want to have peace. I get that. But uh, we don't need to strive to create a fight or to continue a fight. We don't stir up a hornet's nest. We don't mess with the hornet's nest. We don't grab dogs by the ears. We don't try to grab people by the ears. And uh, Matthew chapter five, let's turn back there. Uh, Again, when it comes to someone that maybe naturally is a fighter of sorts, I get that, you know, some maybe... Seem to be more naturally a fighter. I think we're all fighters. You think of little boys or whatever, even girls there. You ever seen little girls pull hair? You see other guys punch each other? I've seen it before. I think there's a natural inclination to fight. But we're to live peaceably with all men. As much as lies possible, it's not always possible to live peaceably with all men. I want to read this verse here in Matthew chapter 5, verse number 44. As far as our enemies are concerned, Uh, Should we seek peace with them? No, don't ever seek peace with a Muslim. Oh, don't seek peace with so-and-so. Don't ever seek peace with this person. I think you should seek peace. Peace rather than war. I vote for peace over war in most situations, almost all. Matthew 5, verse number 44, But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you. I think it's interesting in the Bible that someone will say along the slide, "Never be used. Never be used." You know what it means to be used, and I know what it means to be used. But the Bible says you will be used. It says, "Pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute." The world will use you. The world will use me. The world will use any Christian if they can. Again, someone says, what should I do with someone who seeks to use me? Well, I don't think you try to enable that using long term. But it says there, pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you. Someone's there to hurt, to harm you, to manipulate manipulate you, maybe even to steal from you. You better pray for that person. I remember talking to a telemarketer. I don't hear telemarketers much anymore, but a guy from India. And I was talking on the phone about salvation a little bit. And he, he got in with a conversation there in India. He said, you know, you know enough probably about computers to get an honest job. And he said, Will you pray for me. I get an honest job someday. But I live with my girlfriend. He told me that. And I have to provide for us. But I said, what you're doing, you're you're trying to lie and get my money. That's not good. And he he just come back and said, pray for me. I said, I'll pray for you. And so I did pray for him. Odd situation. I get that. But again, we should be praying for those that might hurt us. If it be possible, seek to be one who seeks peace with all men. Let's look at one last thought, and I'll close here with this thought here. Do you want to look at one passage here before we close here also? But Romans chapter 12, verse number 19 through 21, it says, Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thy enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in doing so, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. Let me say here finally. Leave revenge to God and trust God in situations of mistreatment, hurt, or evil done to you. Again, a good case of this in 2 Samuel. Let's turn back to 2 Samuel. Just a few verses to read here in 2 Samuel. And I just want to look at this here. In closing here tonight, Dearly beloved, avenge not yourself, but give place to wrath. People get angry. They can get full of wrath. They can uh, seek to hurt and harm. Uh, believers and certainly they've done this throughout history i'm not saying they're the only ones that ever get hurt it certainly happens between others a lot of times a lot of different situations but uh, second samuel chapter 16 give place to revenge in other words give up on it don't seek it don't seek to again find some way to get back or come up with a scheme maybe for somebody else to get you help and uh, hurt someone back or whatever it might be but Uh, Rather, don't seek revenge. Here's a good case of David not seeking revenge. And I just want us to read through it. I again think it's a good text here. 2 Samuel 16, verse number 5, it says, And when King David came to Behumon, behold, thence came out a man of the family of the house of Saul, whose name was Shimei and the son of Girah. And he came forth and cursed still as he came. And he cast stones at David and at all the servants of the king, David, and all the people and all the mighty men were on his right hand and on his left. So here Shimei, he's throwing rocks around, he's throwing them at people. It's not just the king, just throw them at people. Captains, all kinds of different people get stones thrown at him. And at the same time, he's cursing, he's upset. Uh, it says in verse number seven, and thus said Shimei, when he cursed, come out, come out, thou bloody man, thou son of Belial. And The Lord hath returned upon thee all the blood of the house of Saul in those stead that thou hast reigned, and the Lord hath delivered the kingdom into the hand of Absalom thy son, and behold, thou art taken in thyself thy mischief, because thou art a bloody man. Then said Abishai, the son of Zerui, of the king, Why should this dead dog curse my lord the king? Let me go over, I pray thee, and take off his head. And, king, and the king said, what I have to do with you, ye sons of Zerui. So let him curse, because the king has said, sorry, the Lord has said unto him, curse David, who shall then say, Wherefore hast thou done so? And David said to Abishai, and to all his servants, Behold my son which came out of my ball, seeketh my life. How much more? Now may this Benjamite do it, let him alone and let him curse. The Lord hath bidden him. And it may be that the Lord will look upon my affliction, and that the Lord will requite me with good for his cursing this day. You know, David could have sought revenge. I mean, Abishai, just give him the word, and off goes his head. Jimmy, mean, I don't have no head no more. So most people say, "Well, he's throwing stones around. He's cursing, swearing, and doing all these bad things. Even calling the king a man of Belial." calling them names, cursing them, cast around stones. In most people's estimation, it would be okay. It certainly would be fine for someone to take off that person's head. Yet you see here that David doesn't seek that. In verse 12, an important verse there in the Bible, it may be the Lord will look upon my affliction that the Lord will requite me good for his cursing this day. He's trusting God in what's going on in his life. And certainly we must trust God in places where people uh, maybe give evil to us rather than good. And so our text teaches us some good things. I just want to end with these verses. Romans chapter 12 uh, and verse number 17. And I'm just going to read verse number 21. I don't think think I mentioned I was going to end with those other verses. But I'm going to end with these ones. Uh, verse 17, Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men, if it be possible, as much as life within you live peaceably with all men. Verse 21, Be not overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. Evil is best overcome with good. And so keep that in mind. Don't return evil for evil. Don't learn, uh, return a lie for a lie. Don't return a, a punch in a fight. Don't seek revenge Trust in God. He will recompense. And so some good thoughts there from the Word of God and from Paul. Let's close as we consider the Word of God here tonight.